I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome, welcome, dear listener, to the third episode in Season 5 of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton. Join this week... By Matt Knight. Hello, Mr. Joe. Hello, Mr. Matt. Hello, dear listener. Welcome, welcome once again to another episode in season five of the Guitar Nerds podcast. This episode is titled, in fact, what did I call this episode? Oh, yes. New for Nam 2024, part two, dear listener. Part two. It's, uh, it's the still part. sad. <laughs> We're still <laughs> sad we weren't there. I, I, I tell you. I'm yeah. I'm not on Instagram anymore, really, or social media. But the other night, I was like, "Oh, you know, I, I don't have the app on my phone." But I was like, "I'm just gonna, you know, just gonna keep up." You know, got it. You know, it's part of the Guitar Nodes podcast, and I opened, it and it was just loads of friends taking lots of selfies, yeah. just having fun in California. And I was like, mm, "This is why I stopped looking at social media and just closed it down and proceeded to to cry." Um, we should have gone joe i know we should have i know and and we spoke about this last week but it caught it caught me off guard because it's the first time it's mattered in a good few years i didn't Mm. expect anyone to really care about it again even like uh for me when i'm like doing social media management for various uh like guitar and and pedal companies the last few years i feel like i've barely had any extra work to do on on nam week but this this time round, I was absolutely slammed. There was so much going on that I had to keep abreast of. And, I think, and um, all I could see was like, you know, videos of Philip Carter and the, you know, the 60 Cycle Humboys hanging out and stuff. And I was like, God damn it. I wish that was me. I, I really I know, feel like I, I failed this year, Matty. We missed the pizza party. Mm. You know, we missed the bowling party. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. it was it was interesting. I know we're going to talk a lot about sort of specific NAM launches uh, a bit later on in the episode, but there's a couple of things that stood out for me. One was from what I saw, it was way busier than I thought it was going to be. It felt like even watching it through YouTube videos, Nam of days gone by, or at least my experience of Nam, very busy, loads of people there, loads of engagement, uh, quite a lot of brands. Although I saw less from, and I don't know whether they were there, but less from the kind of other boutique pedal brands like JHS right. or yeah. uh, I think Walrus were there, but not yeah. so much Earthquake. Less I don't from, know. Didn't yeah, less see Earthquake much from, from those guys. No, I agree. It was. But, um, um, sorry, yeah. carry on. No, I was going to say, but the, the crazy thing was, is people have gone all out on the booths this year. Um, whereas I think last year, and people were sort of tiptoeing back into it and spending conservative and then this year it's like celestian like now we're 100 year old 100 years old we're gonna fly a double decker bus in so they had an (laughs) entire vintage route master london double decker bus with like celestian branding on it i'm like wow (laughs) it's just like it was like but people went all out and and we were talking just before uh the podcast started joe you hadn't realized that neural dsp had spent all of their money on the booth on just their massive soon sort of uh, caption that they tend it, to put for in. anyone for anyone who hasn't seen that explain what exactly what neural dsp did so neural dsp uh if you're unfamiliar with the 
software company, you've probably been living under a rock. Um, but effectively, you know, really, really popular software company and makers of the Quad Cortex, possibly the most popular multi-effects at the moment. Whenever they launch something new or before they launch something new, they just have the kind of neural DSP font with the kind of little squiggle logo that just says soon. And then yeah. that's it. And then there's like a, you know, like a darkened or blurred image. Um, they just printed that in like eight foot high letters and about 20 foot wide and just put that in the space where their booth was going to be. And, and, and they didn't have any people there. there was, it was not manned. It was, that was it. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. I love it. It's so just, ballsy. I just, I don't, I can't even think what would be coming soon. Like everyone knows it's, I, I, I just think it's a, an amazing marketing thing. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. They literally just put out a new plugin. They put out the uh, Morgan amplifier plugin. Yeah. And I know they've announced like uh, quad cortex control. So the desktop editor, that's been yeah. a long time coming. You know, Rabi has mentioned on a couple of, uh, I think he mentioned in Anderson's video that, you know, the plugin control at thing is coming. Yeah. So I guess they were just like, do we need to show anything? I mean, they're not going to make Quad Cortex 2, are they? No. So I'm sure well, I want, that they're, I want like, a, like a little HX stomp. Like, that's, that, that would be good. I'll take yeah. that. A neural DSP yeah. stomp. Yeah, maybe. But I, I just thought that was, it was interesting. Loads of brands doing loads of stuff. And then the more I looked at it, the sadder I got. So I stopped looking at it and I kept dipping my toe back in. But it was it would have been nice for me as well to see loads of, uh, you know, our friends and family, the other side of the yeah. pond that we've got to know for many years. So next year, regardless of uh, whatever, uh, I think uh, we definitely need to plan ahead and, uh, and be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we actually, you know what, like uh, even within the Guitar Nerds community, um, I saw some posts by and received a lovely uh, personal message from Jeffrey Wax, longtime uh, listener, uh, who hooked up not only with uh, Guitar Nerds guest host Philip Carter, um, but also uh, Guitar Nerds microphone provider and friend of the podcast, Dan Pilver, as well, at various points in his uh, in his NAM adventure. And it's so lovely to see. And, and what he was talking about in the message that he sent me is, is it's amazing how Guitar Nerds has kind of driven this really lovely community, I guess, over the last 11 years that we've been doing this. And that mm. now, you know, at, at NAM events, some of our listeners are able to get together as 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 friends that who have been brought together through listening to us waffle all this time. I'm not blowing our own trumpet for that, dear listener. There are plenty of guitar communities, but I do think <laughs> I do think you are especially lovely, dear listener. It's such a, a wonderful I won't get too soppy, but it's such a wonderful community. You're all such lovely people. And to see you all like actually get to physically meet up and Nam is such a wonderful conduit for that sort of thing. It's it's uh, mm. yeah. It, it just it was very nice to see. So, and and also made my FOMO even worse than it already yeah, was. Yeah, a, a, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's better just hanging out with people that didn't go. Um, <laughs> exactly. But anyway, exactly. that's yeah, where and, we are. And I, te- I tell you what, like uh, the um, the the other th- like uh, Ashdown this year. <laughs> They they put some real effort in. So on the Ashdown stand, people uh, artists that they had, they had Shavo from System of a Down. Uh, they had uh, they had Peter, Pete Griffin, um, not, not not Peter Griffin from Family Guy. Pete Griffin, the incredible sort of session bass player who does an awful lot of stuff for Fender, does a lot of their videos as well. He, he's fantastic, really great blues player. He's um uh he he plays Ashdown amps and has done for a, a long time and he was there he did a performance on the stand um and also they did like a book signing with uh Giza Butler uh, as well for his new book Into the Void which I made sure I got a signed copy of you know dedicated to me which was good um and uh, also James Lomenzo they've just produced the new James Lomenzo Mega Drive um overdrive pedal for his uh, for for him in Megadeth now so uh wow there was so there was a, there's a pretty decent amount of A-list uh, bassists at the Ashdown stand and they kept sending me videos and of course because they were doing signings of all these people were just it was just cues they was you know doing that thing where they film on their phone like going down the the queue and i was like my goodness like, i can't remember ashdown haven't had a, a big nam since i've worked for the company and it just took me totally by surprise how 
up for it everyone was and dan uh, one of the you know dan dan gooday who's the uh, the son of the founder mark gooday who dan essentially drives the company now um he, he was messaging me being like the worst mistake he made was just going with him and his dad to do the whole stand oh yeah of course just yeah just those two and like i was i was bitching at him like whilst he was there i was away for the weekend for my girlfriend's birthday but every now and again i was messaging being like where where are the posts? I'd asked him to do like some specific posts and things like that, and make sure he had content going out. And I couldn't see it going out, and I'm messaging, being like, "Come on, Dan, what are you doing? <laughs> where where is it all?" And it's just because he was worked off of his feet. He had to be on that stand from opening till close every single day, and it was totally filled with people for signings all of that time that they were having to police and do the queues with. And then oh, you've man. got every single YouTuber and shop turning up with a camera and getting you to shout loudly about your new releases. And of course, Ashdown brought out like uh, three new heads, eight new cabinets, and five new pedals. <laughs> so they had wow. just constantly making videos for all those shops and brands and <laughs> i don't think i think they barely slept i think they yeah. lived on that stand yeah no it's it's one of those things as well i find with uh nam and i guess we'll we'll move on shortly it's just that yeah actually so much stuff comes out and so much stuff seems to have happened this year that loads of it you don't really get until later on like you don't really see until later on um and uh, it looked like there was loads of new brands there this year and some announcements like, you know, not we too many things I guess we could talk about uh, on the pod, but uh, things like Full Toner Back through Jackson yeah. Audio was a big thing. Um, someone made a buffer pedal that's got a Tamagotchi built into it. Um, <laughs> you know, there was just loads of stuff and we'll we'll go into a a bit more detail but it seems to be that the guitar famous guitar player of the show was Matteo Mancuso which is he's everywhere at the moment um everyone just seemed to want to see him play somewhere uh at Nam. but it it will uh yeah be interesting to see what happens over the next few months because some of this stuff as we know effectively doesn't happen for ages <laughs> no so that's... you see some stuff and then uh yeah and then it never appears again yeah exactly well we will we will get on to talking about some fresh nam things but um in a slight change of order moving forward dear listener uh we're going to move right along and talk about our uh our show and tell our demo of the week our product that we're taking a look at and uh as as requested by you, Matt, um, on the last podcast, we're going to talk about the Universal Audio Lion. If you're watching on nice. YouTube, dear listener, dear viewer, that is the lion that I'm uh, that I'm holding up. A super cool, Matt. You called it last week when we were talking about it. You called it an overdrive pedal uh, because that's how you wanted to use it. Because whilst this is very much an amp in the box amp sim, it's got uh, you know it's it's IR loaded. It's got cam mm, sims mm. on there. It's got all that versatility. You also, via these very handy little uh, switches, have the ability to shut down virtually all of that, except for the EQ and the drive, and use it functionally as a Marshall-esque voiced overdrive straight into the front of your amplifier. I, I realise that very becomes cool. an expensive overdrive pedal at that point. Um, well, it's stereo. It is stereo. And I think it's a, a stereo overdrive for, what did we say this was? 349, 399 British pounds. 399 British pounds. Three nine nine British pounds. Well, there we go. Um, I guess that is that is a chunk. So yes, the other features are fantastic. I really love this pedal. I really like. We were talking a lot about you know just uh, Matt and I were talking off podcast, dear listener, about how good um, the IR two is, the Boss mm. IR two, just for being such a versatile unit. Like once you've got that. You've got every single sound you could possibly want, and it's going to do a whole bunch of you know additional things as well. Just you know, you can have it with cab sims, without you can use it mm. in so many different ways. Um, and I appreciate that something like the Lion isn't as versatile, but I loved how quick, easy, and straightforward it was to dial in several fantastic martial sounds, and how hands-on it is by just having these you know simple switches and rotary controls. I found it really easy to be like, well, I want to sound like 
I want like that um, uh, that relatively clean but edge of break breakup like vintage Marshall sound with all the gain down low, and I found it really easy to get a bit more of a Van Halen-y sort of squash that weird boxy mids thing that Marshalls do. Um, with just sort of a, a few switches, so I think um, very good. I think that's the thing, isn't it? You know, a lot of people. I guess before we go into the demo, people would say, you know, why that over an IR two, for example. Yeah. Obviously, there's a cost difference, but maybe why over that over an Iridium or. And I think it's just very specific. You know, the reason they make the Woody, the reason they make the Ruby, the reason they make the Dream 65 is it's like you're buying that because that's the sound you want. That's the sound you need. You know, if you think about that uh, just before Christmas, I think it was, where The Edge was saying for this run of shows in the Sphere in Las Vegas, he's like he switched to UA Rubies. You know, he switched to using those live. He doesn't need the amps, you know. But he wouldn't plug into a line because his sound is the Vox sound. So I yeah. think if you're doing something that specifically requires that, and again, UA are probably going down that studio tool route, and it's like you're in the studio, it's like, right, I want a Marshall. You're not going to crank one up. You haven't got one. Like, this is going to do the the job. Where IR2, I think, is probably more of a utility product that's not a lot of money that you could stick on any pedal board. And it's going to work for recording. It's going to be very versatile but perhaps you know you could say a jack of all trades you know whereas the lion is a marshal and it captures all of that marshal stuff i think that's a really good point like i feel like in the studio if you don't have the ability to have you know like a a a plexi marshal in a studio then Mm. this is quite a nice thing to get to have as an alternative and even though the ir2 does it there's that sort of like i don't know like tangible like this is ua this is a premium one thing it's doing that one thing really well in a single box yes i I could i could be whether there's actually anything in that or not i could definitely be talked into that into Mm. being like well if i can't have a plexi if i can't have a vintage ac30 it's okay because i've got a ua version of it and that's yeah and i think that's what i always liked about the origin effects revival you know it was very much that kind of fender thing in a box and i think i I don't know like you say it feels a bit more tangible feels a bit more real feels a bit more like this is this thing is that still Uh, on your board the revival drive it is i think um not that I've looked at my board for about six weeks because I'm still in the process of fixing this space uh, behind me for anyone who can uh, can see me in a very boring room. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still on my board, still love it. And I guess in some ways it feels more real than perhaps something that feel, has lots of different models in one. And I think perhaps for some people, maybe myself included, there's a level of not dismissing something, but like, oh, it's not as good as this because this only does one thing. It's that. It's it's that's kind of what I was driving at. It's I'm, I don't know whether or not there's any actual fact to that, but it definitely makes me feel mm. uh, a bit more like mm. I've dialed into this one specific thing. If I have, uh, and and that can be like a pedal, an amp, a guitar, yeah, like, like whatever it is. I want the thing that does that specific one thing rather than something that does a bit of everything yeah um but but yeah, it is very I good that. it I is very that. good um, um so uh, so we'll play the demo anyway dear listener if you have a, a little listen um and uh i was always so the only thing going on here is the ua lion of course there's no reverb or anything on the ua lion uh which i i guess it doesn't you know there's no reason for it to have that but certainly i guess as a yeah, maybe I would have liked something like that on board, but that's just that's just me. So the uh, reverb is coming from the Isotope, um, their just their their reverb plugin after the Lion, and uh, I've got kind of like two rhythm guitars uh, playing on the left and the right. One of them is running through the bass model, and one's running through the brown model. Um, one's sort of clean boosted uh, and the other one's very driven a little bit boxy with some really weird swelling low end and then I've got a super duper like Marshall boxy lead line coming in towards the end but um, I will say like I I spent like no time dialing in those three different tones like really just sort of like 
turn this, turn this, turn this, turn this, and then just had a sound that I loved mm. and was great. It was very hands-on, very tactile. I, I just, I feel like if I was writing a, a song in the studio and using this, it was very difficult to get a, a, a bad sound out of it. It sounded great all the time. I just feel like it was very easy to use and very songwriting productive if you're just going straight into your DAW. Mm-hmm. But, um, very but, WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. Exactly, exactly. Anyway, uh, here is the sample of the Universal Audio Lion. <laughs> That was the Universal Audio Lion, just a, like a handful of little um, different voicings. I, I really, really, really like it. I really like it. I think it, it sounds great. I think it sounds great. Um, again, just you wouldn't really, you know, once you sit in a mix, you yeah. wouldn't really know, would you? I know, that's the problem. I think I might get the Vox one because I really love this, but I think in general I don't like the Marshall Amp sound. Um, right, and so I think maybe getting a Vox one would be more me, but um, just for I, I know this is not what it's intended for, but just sitting on the side of my desk um, for, <laughs> for recording, it, uh, there are there are a, it's very very good, and that's yeah. that's all I really want to sound like is a Vox AC thirty personally. So yeah. you know, like a, it's, I, I really love the Victory the the V seven their copper, which is great. Yeah, well, I have a small desk and it takes up a lot of room. So actually, the UA Ruby would, would be a great route. The internal struggle of what to put on your desk for recording is uh, <laughs> is real. I, yeah, I I think it's great now that we're getting so many products like this that you can just you can even have like a small pedal board on the floor, always plugged into your interface. You know, it's just always on and away you go. I really, I really like that. That's um, it. So That's yeah. It. I, 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 I think the only downside is, Joe, it's just expensive for most it's people. Isn't it? It is expensive. It's expensive for me as well. I don't really know anyone at Universal Audio. So, <laughs> so I can't yes. even talk anyone into doing me a deal. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, cool product though. Very cool product. Very uh, cool and product. And again, indeed. another great thing from UA and that sort of UA heritage. So no yeah. doubt, I'm sure. I don't know what other ramps they could do from here. No. I don't know. What have they done so far? They've done a Fender. They've done a Vox. They've done a Marshall. Are there other amps? No, they've done, yeah, two Fenders. Have they done a Mesa Boogie yet? No. Maybe a JC120. (laughs) One sound. That's Uh, it. (laughs) That's it. Just one sound. No, they've got to get that classic distortion option on there. (laughs) Oh, so grim. (laughs) So grim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I only ever use it for clean. But then again, it's a really famous sound. Could work. It I don't is, know. I is. guess we'll see. Yeah, I guess we will. we will see. Anyway, so moving on from our little show and tell demo of the week, dear listener, let's uh, talk about the let's let's move on to the main subject for this week's podcast, which is new for Nam twenty twenty four part two. I said last week I was like, oh, I hope I can get a part two out of this. And I have to admit, it was close. I know me and Matt just spent the first 10 minutes of the podcast talking about how busy Nam was on the floor and how brands seem to have done a really good job of going all out. But actually, I felt like big, exciting releases were a little few and far between. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Stringjoy Guitar Strings, the world's first true guitar string custom shop. The thing that I love most about Stringjoy is just their attention to detail, their dedication to making their strings the best in the world. 
and that's a, a labour-intensive task that they don't shy away from. Stringjoy are also innovative. They're always looking for new ways to make strings better. As guitar players, we've become so used to all the shortfalls of commercially available strings that we stopped even looking for them to be better, last longer, intonate well, easily. Stringjoy bring all of that to every pack of strings they make, and they're available almost as readily as any other generically made guitar string. Stringjoy strings are available at stringjoy.com and at 400 plus dealers across the globe. If your local store doesn't stock Stringjoy yet, ask them to. Um, Certainly, I, I don't think less. I've ever struggled to feel. So we have in, in our little document, dear listener, I leave seven randomly, seven slots, seven lines open for news articles that I can add uh, per podcast. And so we added seven last week, did them all. I've added seven this week. But I can't remember a NAM where we were ever looking at a list that we might finish. You know, we always, we're always like, oh no, we haven't talked about this or this or this or this or this. And this, this year, I don't know. Uh, we say that and then we'll get to the end of this podcast being like, I mean, there's a couple of things that we didn't, I'm just going over a few more websites, different places have different coverage a couple of things that aren't on this list jay but probably honorable mentions before we we start uh, yeah, and i'm shoot. sure we'll get around to them at another week but um reverend billy corgan drop z yeah the drop z or the z1 um which is quite cool so the baritone version of the the corgan signature uh victory handmade um amps the they look deputy. very good yeah. The, you know, the deputy as well, which is their 25 watt sort of super clean mm-hmm. designed with um, Pete Honore, which I think is very cool. But yeah, also these sort of custom shop amps, these ones made by uh, Martin Kidd uh, himself, you know, the sort of design, which is very cool. Um, what else was there? There's another Andy Timmons collaboration with Keeley. Uh Yeah. Uh, and then a few other sort of signature guitars from a few other manufacturers. But certainly, as I said, not a lot in the pedal realm, Joe. Pedals felt a little light. I can't remember if I said it on the podcast last week or or maybe I was saying it in a conversation to someone and I was like, there haven't been that many, you know, big releases from the big brands, but don't worry because there'll be 100 pedals that come out and some of them are going to be cool. And in fact, actually, it did not. <laughs> so, uh, using a sort of rather large uh, UK based retailer whose coverage is always pretty good, mm. um, a couple of things that actually, again, honorable mentions MXR went heavy with Zach Wild uh, this, this year. So, you've got uh, the 20th anniversary Wild Overdrive, his chorus. And then they've also reissued the Rotor Vibe, an absolutely amazing pedal and a big part of Zach Wilde's early sound and a signature wild pedal. The Rotor Vibe, though, is £439, which is like crazy money. You could buy a second-hand Rotor Vibe for less than that. Yeah. Um, but only two pages of pedals. I think 20, I think it's about 30 launches. And there were um, some anniversaries as well. Like there's the uh, the sparkly blue 45th anniversary tube screamer from Ibanez. Yeah, and uh, Vox did their Real McCoy original wild pedal. Um, yeah. But yeah, to be honest, not a lot. I guess, Joe, we should maybe moving on to one thing that we did put on our little list and we could start there, sort of segue into it nicely, is Game Changer audio yeah Um, i mean this literally changing the game they're they're always so brilliant game changer audio and we speak about them every year at nam from the very first one where they were downstairs with the with the brass instruments releasing their very first plus pedal always Mm. very positive about those guys they're lovely guys um they are innovative and interesting and whilst they don't make many pedals they obviously spend the year in between their next release R&Ding and trying to think like how can we reinvent stuff mm. and it's and it's always cool from you know the plus pedal to um the plasma uh fuzz to the the light reverb that they did they're always thinking of something new and I'm glad this one definitely seems slightly less it, the pedals aren't gimmicky but there's definitely an element of part of 
part of their pedal isn't the sound, it's the function, you know. In mm. the, and mm. I'm saying, you know, the reverb pedal that functions via light, a uh, fuzz pedal that functions via a, a, an, an open joint where you know electrical signal passes yeah like a lightning bolt you know it's there's always an element of that sort of gimmick this is way more functional and i think an interesting new way of doing things it's the mod series of pedals so modular pedals not as i thought when i saw that they were doing modular pedals i messaged you and i was like oh come on like no one's done this before i was thinking it was going to be like um modules yes like little modules that you know and i was like god damn it this is just it never works it's not going to work now even by a company like game changer but it's nothing like that it's actually like euro rack in pedal form yeah basically yes it's it's um so these are totally as well they don't make it easy for themselves and fair play they totally different it's not like they've got like a standard pedal enclosure and gone uh yeah we'll just you know we'll just put all the controls in that and away we go um you know totally different unique sort of shape and design Mm -hmm. here as well it's very cool very very different but effectively yeah it is like euro rack like proper modular patching in stuff for effects pedal so you can use it like a standard guitar pedal so they've got a reverb a chorus and a delay you can just go in and out, stereo in and out. Uh, it's got different line. It's got line level and also Euro rack level as well because it's three <laughs> different levels. Uh, standard foot switch. You got like you know on the reverb is on and off and modulation on and off. But it's where it gets interesting is like the patch points on the front and the back. So you can effectively like MIDI clock it. So you can have like the modulation sort of sync to. Uh, MIDI, you've got um, patch points on the front for things like dynamic and pitch. So I think you can, I can see this really again part of the ever growing popularity of Eurorack and people mixing pedals with Eurorack modules and being able to control certain elements remotely because that also adds in, I guess, sort of one of the great things about pedals is having lots of controls that you can stop and play and turn a knob and do something and make a sound and yeah but you have to stop whereas this allows you to actually add in motion remotely uh to their own pedals you know you could have one or two or three of these and kind of patch them in together so you know one thing could control another they track your pitch on your guitar as well which is quite cool um they're saying each primary mode is partnered with a corresponding attenuverter that allows you to be precise when dialing in the amount of modulation and the direction of each effect independently um so a single loud strum dynamically and subtly nudges the second uh, attenuverter in the other direction to produce sweet and gentle sweeping parameter shifts so very much dynamic modulation but you can totally customize it because it tracks the nuances in your playing uh so each source can be applied to any of the four controls level decay tone and drive so depending on how you play you can actually change those elements of things like the level or whatever it's very very cool it's very game changer um (laughs) i'd like to see better demos than the nam demos Uh, Um, yeah that's what will be i'd like to have a go on them for sure um, the only thing I think's ever done this, I was saying to you, Joe, uh, earlier in the week, is the Mooga Fuga pedals, uh, because every control had its own expression output, and you could link them together. But they were very expensive. Obviously, they're now discontinued. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this, unless you go into something digital that's got MIDI that allows you to route lots of different parameters. Yeah. So this is very, very unique. I think. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see how they build that into other things in the future. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know how they'll expand the line. Obviously, there are a few other effects for them to do, but these are the big ones, really, <laughs> I mm. guess, uh, yeah. for this sort of line. Um, I, I love that on their website, they give you examples of what you can do with patch cables in order to create different sounds. Did you see that? I didn't know actually. I haven't seen their website. I've just watched some of the demos. 
Yeah, it's great. They've got like, uh, oh, so you can uh, send the delay into self-oscillating feedback madness with loud notes and tame it by playing softly by patching the dynamics to the delay feedback or send a, uh, on the reverb pedal, send a lead line through long reverb tails and roll it back on low rhythm parts by patching the pitch tracker into the reverb input level. And it gives you a bunch of different ideas of just simple things you can do mm. To completely change the nature, the dynamics, and the you know just the functionality. It's very of very the cool, very cool indeed. Because um, I think that's really that's the thing as well. Being able to track, you know, like it says there, like the higher you play, the more reverb you would get. The lower you play, the less reverb you get. I mean, that's that is very very cool. Yeah. Um, Did you see a price point on these? Together. Two nine nine dollars. Oh okay. Wow, that's pretty um, aggressive. Yeah, well, it's, so it's, it's not. Again, it's not I, I mean, that's not a cheap pedal, but like, also, it's game changer. It, it could have been five hundred pounds a unit, you know, and and we'd be like, oh yeah, it's fine. And you know, they're making them themselves again in their in their sort of uh, science lab in um, Latvia. So yeah. I just think again, it's it's interesting. You know, they've done synth stuff. They're doing lots of different things, and it's just a pedal not done by the sort of. It's not anything else, yeah. And I think that's great. I think it's just them again thinking outside of outside of the box. So, I yeah, be really keen to try it, patch them together because obviously you could send one source from one pedal into another as well. You can patch them all three of them together, which I think is very very cool. They can control each other. I think getting all three will allow you to create some sort of like crazy patches. Um, so I think it'd be. A cool thing to have in a studio, and I think for synth players as well. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Certainly people into yeah. Euro Rack, this is going to become a big thing as well. And it's going to be more kind of intuitive to those people because they're used to kind of patching those things already. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It feels a little foreign to me. I'm very glad that they've got sort of uh, simple explanations of how things work on there. <laughs> Us guitarists yeah. know nothing. Um, nothing. But yeah, very, very cool. We'd like, yeah, we'd like to see more. And uh, probably about time we had the uh, Game Changer friends back on the podcast at some point, really. Absolutely. We should certainly do that. They're such a, a lovely bunch. I'm, I'll give them a shout. And we can talk to them about these mod pedals uh, yes. you know, a little bit later in the year because they're very cool. Certainly maybe when some more information is out and about and some better demos and we know a bit more. But mm. we should do that. Now, moving on from that, do you want to stick with pedals or move on to guitars? Uh, shall we do a guitar? Let's do a guitar. So, um, so where do we go from here? Why don't we talk about... Um, let me talk about your friend and mine, uh, Rabia Massad, and his, um, his finally, finally after a long time, his new signature model from Music Man. I um, do you know? I think more than anything, I'm just 
so proud of what B has managed to achieve. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's amazing, really. And, you know, I've been working with Rabir and, and been a friend of his now for sort of seven, eight years, you know, since I started working at Roland and, and we started doing stuff on, you know, various demos and, and whatnot. And to see everything he's done and, and to to move from Chapman last year and then obviously announce the um the music man thing. It might have even been longer than that. I think it might have been twenty twenty two maybe he yeah, it feels like a long time that this yeah. music man guitar has been coming. So and you know he's if you follow his channel, he's been posting stuff about other guitars that he's been playing and um you know this new signature model I I just think is you know if you know B you know he's playing this thing's just gonna be Awesome. So yeah. his signature model is based off the Music Man Sabre, Sabre yeah. um, which is a standard model they have already, but he's made it's kind some of this sp- strat, isn't it? The Sabre. Yeah. So they've made some specific changes for Rabir um, based on his playing style, what he wanted. So, you know, you've got Bare Knuckle, his signature Bare Knuckle Silo pickups. Um, they've got a different forearm curve to the top, uh, a custom neck profile with enhanced upper access, um, a modified bridge. So the bridge on the saber is normally quite big. This one's a lot smaller, still trim, uh, coil splits, and then two of just, uh, he's done such a good job of two amazing finishes that basically it would be impossible to pick between the two. <laughs> um, so they do vile blood is the first color, just kind of like a dark reddish. It's, it's a bursty listener with like, a lot of that, mm. um, a, a lot of uh, that. What is the finish? It's not bold. It's, it's, no, the- it's flame. There's like there a flame maple, yeah. And then the other one is uh, Frenzied Flame. Um, I think probably, and I'll see Rabia this week, I think they're both Dark Souls references for anyone who's a computer uh, game uh, fan. What is that? Is that a game? That's it a game. is a game. It's right. a game that Rabia really likes. We've talked about it. Uh, we've talked about it before. But um, I think as Rabia said in his own words, he felt like the Sabre was the most me-shaped guitar and just really wanted to adopt it to his own tastes. Um, yeah. And I think Very this cool. is... He's gone through a really great. chunky neck, which I liked. I was like, uh, I, I saw him the other day in Brighton Electric, Polymath in there writing a record, and of course he has a residency there. And we were chatting about his new guitar and he was talking to me about it. And I was like, oh... I don't like it, anything you're saying. Like, like, you know, telling me about the flame tops and I was and and like the black hardware, and I was like, oh, I kind of like the saber, like you know, as it is the normal one. It's it's sort of a cool classic guitar. It feels like you've made it all modern. And then he told me about the neck, and he's put it's a proper big, thick, deep, mm. you know, telly esque yeah. neck. And I was like, oh, that's that's the saving grace for me is that uh, this guitar does not look how I like guitars to look, but I bet it feels absolutely brilliant to play. Uh, well, I think this is the thing. You know, we've been talking about Music Man for the last six years, you know, yeah. in uh, They've it's been always one of been the most popular brands on guitar nodes, definitely. I think it's our brand, you know, in some ways, certainly my brand, my yeah. favorite guitar. And, uh, you know, when I saw this, especially the Vile Blood one, which has got the um, ebony fingerboard, I was like, oh, man, like, that just looks like such an awesome guitar. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Isotope and Native Instruments, two companies who provide the bulk of the recording and editing tools used by Guitar Nerds. If you have a home studio or if you're thinking about getting into demo recording from home, then Isotope and Native Instruments provide the tools that you need to make premium quality recordings with ease and with virtually no equipment other than your guitar and laptop. Isotope make all the voice editing and audio repair tools that I use for the podcast each week and Native Instruments Guitar Rig 7 is one of the best, most comprehensive collections of virtual effects and guitar amplifiers available anywhere. Use discount code NERDS10 on any product in the Isotope and Native Instruments catalogue for 10% off their fantastic range of tools. Um, So I think they're coming soon. I don't think anyone's actually listing the full details. I think they're coming this year. They're not limited, but obviously like a lot of their signatures, 
will just sort of be part of the range and will sort of exist. Uh, of course, that seems ether. to be how they how they work, doesn't it? That's something we've spoken about quite a lot about the uh, the Petrucci model and how they always have to make mm. sure they're they're adjusting it to. They want to make sure all of their signature models are exactly as the artist plays them. So there's none of this. How you know Fender might release a Squire version of a. Mm. of an artist signature model or you know i don't know you have something like the tom delong uh uh strat the fender strat that comes out that isn't even the guitar he plays anymore um, <laughs> yeah. uh, this very much music man the guitars that they make in their in their factory are the guitars that those artists take on stage yeah which is just it seems that seems like such a simple basic thing to do because it feels a bit disingenuous uh, of brands to be like, here's a signature model. It's got nothing to do with the artist, but you'll lap it up anyway. Yeah, that seems, I think, you know, that, I find it a little bit like that when Fender do those things, and I love Fender more I than think, any other um, brand. But you know, if you look at any Music Man artist, they almost only play those Music Man guitars. Yeah, you know, and I think that's the great thing is because they just they believe in them so much. You know, if you look at Petrucci, if you look at St. Vincent, if you look at James Valentine. You know, they're the guitars yeah. they they play. Um, yeah. And they're the only guitars they're ever seen playing. I mean, even, um, you know, Omar, you know, I'm sure they don't sell as many Omars as they sell John Petrucci guitars. And yeah. I'm sure they probably won't sell as many Rabir guitars as they sell Petrucci guitars. But sure. I think it's great that they are sort of honouring good artists letting them do what they want and making guitar they want to play um it says uh, one thing i'm reading here that sterling models are expected to be announced soon and as listeners long-time listeners of the podcast will know if it's anything like the other sterling guitars they've done uh it will probably be too good um and uh no doubt we'll be raving about that but i think this guitar for me is potentially one of the sort of gear of the year contenders just because i love music man i think they look great i think it's great that it's rabia you know to have a to be able to say a friend is a music man artist is pretty it's pretty nuts um i think yeah. they're probably going to come out at about three and a half grand um, probably i think that's this if, if gonna rabia be a was like I, you know so much money <laughs> and i was like yeah, yeah man but i think people <laughs> love you and to me as well. <laughs> you know people love him and yeah. uh and so they should and, and i think they'll say a few but i think if this if they do make a sterling one i think well be... i mean sterling actually had a banger of a, a of a nam as well just with new releases in fact one thing uh you know the you, you know the joe the joe dart signature music man we yes about that bunch. they've got a load of them now there's a third one that's like a precision style so they've done a jazz a stingray right. and a precision essentially they're always passive always just maple wood with that one large volume knob and no tone options that's that's kind of always the deal with uh joe dar they've just released the sterling uh sb14 which is not a joe dar signature model but joe dar take them to court <laughs> this is <laughs> they have made your model it's, it's literally it's like a it's like plain older maple neck like no frills passive like passive music man humbucker in white which is you know what what he's done on on all of his models and it's just a you know just volume and tone dead simple sterling bass but you know and this is the sterling bass as well as sterling the brand dear listener if if you know like a sterling are is a body shape as well as Mm. the name of the brand so this is the sterling sterling i guess Um, (laughs) (laughs) but uh really really cool in like just a really solid really solid um uh nam for them they released like some gorgeous like maple cap um stingrays as well in the sterling line and and sterling i i kind of feel like matt when we were the when like 10 years ago sterling just made very very cheap guitars right yes. it was just like three four hundred pounds and they were fine it was like they were the same body shapes but they weren't you know they weren't they they were just do you like the body shape but not care about the guitar then here mm. here it is whereas now you look at like the sterling ray 34s are a thousand pounds you know that's that's not mm. to be sniffed at as a, at a price point and they're 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 just they're really good that spec wise they are all singing all dancing very well made really great guitars 
we should uh, we should also say that no Nam would be complete without new John Petrucci colours. Um, oh, did they do new John Petrucci? <laughs> of course. Um, so basically, the John Petrucci Majesty Signature Guitar Collection gets an extensive makeover this year. So five new Majesty finishes in six, seven, and eight-string configurations. Uh, they'll also be offering maple top John Petrucci Majesty Ball Family Reserves in both six and seven string configurations in three wow. different finishes. So you've got black frosting, which is a very cool sort of like all black. Um, you've got Her Majesty's Request, which is like all white. Blue silk, which is blue with the kind of flame center. Gravity green and ox blood. And then, uh, yeah, some crazy uh, flame finishes as well. I think one of them, he was like, I want it to be like Northern Lights in a finish um so that yeah sounds so tasteless yeah, i always think um i just always think they could sort of come out of the uh the gate but one thing they i haven't seen many people talk about they did have a big thing at the booth though which is their new custom design experience right. um so an all new ernie ball music man custom design experience will allow customers to design and build unique stingray bass guitars in both right and left-handed four oh. and five string configurations so um, I bet that's expensive. I guess, I guess that's coming soon too. But uh, just my favorite brand. Just love it. Just love Music Man. I'd buy more Music Man guitars if I had the money. I'd definitely be buying a, a Rabia signature if I could afford it, but I can't. So <laughs> let's see. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yes. Uh, yeah. Go on then. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's keep it on guitars though, because we have to. We can't not talk about this was quite uh, quite a hot subject on the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook. Dear listener, if you're not there, join there if you've still got a Facebook account. Who has a Facebook account anymore? But if you do still have one, join uh, <laughs> join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook. Um, Yamaha. Let's talk about let's talk about the expensive. I, I mean, I- Pacific. I'm not on Facebook, Joe, but is it is it is it a love or a hate? Is it a Marmite thing? Um, I think it is it's quite Marmite. I think shock is and, and I don't mean shock in either way. Like, you know, you can be shocked by pouring a a pan full of boiling water over yourself, and you can be shocked by, I don't know, seeing your partner in a leather well, I don't know where I'm going there. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough, Joe. That's enough. Um, you can be shocked either way, and the Pacifica is exactly that. Yeah. So we've got two, believe it or not, Pacifica, one of the ultimate, ultimate guitars. Just bang, bang for your buck. Just absolutely just the best. They're just great. You know, they really, really are. But I don't think anyone would have expected the Yamaha Professional and the Yamaha Standard Plus. Um, so the Yamaha, if I get this right, the Yamaha Professional is custom shop. That's their really expensive one. And then the Standard Plus is the sort of more high-end one, but not the crazy money one. Um, I'll have to just quickly double-check that before I sort of... Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know totally either. wrong. But, Joe, they've done a pink one, so, of course, <laughs> we have to talk about it. They've done, a, they've done a pink one. So the Pacifica, if you don't know, dear listener, is their S-style guitar. Um, Yamaha seemed to have looked at what companies like... Well, you know, Charvel, I appreciate it, owned by Fender, but companies like Charvel, companies like... Um, Ibanez have been doing over the last three years with the, the success of the uh, uh, the AZ, the AZ, AZ, and the um, DK twenty four series, and they've gone, oh, we we we've been we were making Strat type guitars years before them, so they they have <laughs> <laughs> they have rejuvenated the Pacifica to have some very similar finishes to things like, especially the the AZ series. I think they've done you know those weird sort of tropical bursts. Yeah. Um, they've done a shell pink and they've done that HSS where you get a gorgeous nickel cover on the humbucker in the bridge. Yeah. Um, the bridges look fantastic, very robust. Um, These the, were um, designed in conjunction with the custom shop in Calabasas, I think, right? Wow. as well, um, which is where a lot of that sort of design comes from. Um, I know when hardware. we were there. Yeah, I know when we were there, they were, they were 
you know that custom shop's incredible so they obviously yeah. put a lot of a lot of work in um on these but i've just yeah. double checked joe so they've got a standard plus uh which is 10.99 english pounds and is that then the pink one the standard the plus, pink yeah. one so the standard plus comes in pink ash pink in maple or rosewood black in rosewood uh sparkle blue in rosewood in fact they all come in both finishes so you've got ash pink black sparkle blue shell Red. white and right. then in the professional, which those ones are made in Japan, uh, they're eighteen seven nine. They also come in black, uh, prof- desert burst, beach blue burst, blue sparkle, and shell white. Then they do a sunburst. Um, yes, desert burst is what. Oh, the that's what they're calling desert burst, right? Yeah, yeah. but. Um, I mean, I watched quite a few demos on these. They had uh, obviously Jay and Jay, amazing player and super oh, nice. I, I love him. Oh, just the most tasteful, just best player ever. I've so never very seen- like tiny, tiny aside because we we need to stick stick on this. Mm. Uh, when I uh, do some work for KMA Machines, the German effects pedal company, Jay Leonard Jay also does those things, and he he does a lot of their videos Mm. and recently like they released a couple of products this year and i do all the instagram videos that's fine but jay leonard jay does the proper youtube videos with all the playing and obviously he is just an incredibly tasteful player Mm. and for the last two products he was away on tour and kma were like well why don't you do them joe instead (laughs) it's like oh <laughs> sure. Good. Great. I'll just try and imitate Jay Leonard Jay's playing, shall I? It was the hardest no, thing. Can't. I mean, my playing's obviously nowhere near, but it's been the hardest thing ever to try and make videos that are uh, anywhere close to how incredibly tasteful and proficient that man is. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, sorry. So, uh, yes, Yamaha have got uh, Jay Leonard Jay on board to create the videos for these guitars, which is a, oh, a smart move. I think. Um... You know, there's a couple of things here that strike me as just awesome and talk to me in a way that not many other guitars talk to me. Aesthetics are inspired by Japanese city pop, and I'm a massive city pop fan. I love it. It's one of the best genres of music ever. Um, some incredible uh, musicianship in uh, out of Japan at, at, in that time period. Uh, that's where all those colours come from. What, what is sorry? What is um, city, city pop, pop was a genre of music that came out of mainly Tokyo but Japan as a whole in the kind of 70s and 80s um very sort of aesthetically kind of like LA beach tone and it's very upbeat kind of funk pop rock right okay kind of synth heavy but just incredible session musicianship is it, is it with like white flannel suits and uh yeah like wicker, kind of, wicker shoes sort of thing yeah kind of i think what they now class as like um what was coming from america at that time i think the new term is yacht rock yes that's, that's what I would <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um and of course, you know, Yamaha, um, also based in Hamamatsu, which is where Roland are also based. Um, so do, I do think they it's... ever have like, you know, like street fights, do you think? Yeah, it's just like street fire. <laughs> um, that's what the background in Japan is. It's just right. in Hamamatsu. But, you know, stainless steel frets on these, rosewood or maple fingerboards, go to locking tuners and hardware, compound radius fretboard, contoured body. I just think they've made it amazing and i'm glad i never bought an ibanez yeah. az because you know i know what's I was not to about- like about these i don't understand 80 so i i you know i i know i said it i think people were sort of one way or the other but i saw a lot of people being like oh you know what a ridiculous price for a pacifica a japanese made you know s style guitar with this feature spec for 1800 pounds i i don't know what's not to love here this is very I, good i want the um the standard plus right because to be honest i would have bought a pacifica 112v and then spent loads of money modding it and i'm like <laughs> sure. oh, i might as well have a better built one with all the stuff on it already uh, i know i was talking about the um you know the dgt for gear of the year yeah. but joe this yeah you know, I, I, I literally just said the rabia could be the gear of the year but actually <laughs> you know i think um how so much, much did you say the plus was 10.99 Wow, 
That is... I'll be I'll be cashing in my guitar nerds credits, Joe. <laughs> that's fine. You can have that. You you get a guitar a year, Matt. So that's uh, okay. You can have uh, um, you can have that. How, so it's not made in Japan, though, right? So it's a thousand pounds for a Korean. Plus, I, I guess these ones are Korean. They don't really say. Okay. Um, but interestingly, as well, didn't clock this at first. Reflect tone pickups created in collaboration with Rupert Neve Designs. Really? Uh, which wow, is that's very yeah. cool. Uh, and choice of three finishes, as I said, they, they they class it as choice of three finishes with a Southern California vibe. Um, I mean, I saw more videos, I think, on this guitar than anything else at NAMM. Really? Uh, they were really going uh, all in uh, on these. But I was just trying to have a look to see if there was anything on the back of the headstock or anything that kind of gave away where they were made. Where they're made doesn't look like it they definitely say the professionals are made in japan okay yeah so i, mean, I if reckon showcasing these are that, then these, yeah they're probably korean I, I think you couldn't if you know they couldn't be making them anywhere else for a thousand pounds do you know what i mean like if if they were they were chinese or indonesian the price point would have to be very different so yeah they they, they must be korean um yeah for a thousand pounds but i just think it's a shame they don't do the professional one uh in the ash pink, the, in the pink. Unfortunately, yeah. the pink is only in the uh, the cheaper one. I mean, you say unfortunately more, for the guitar the nerd's one. budget. I would say I think that's fortunate. But, yes, uh, <laughs> uh, although I don't know whether I love or hate the beach blue burst. I, I don't know. It's terrible, uh, dear listener. If if you're not aware, it is like some sort of peach to blue burst. That's not colours. There, there is own. There are. There are like three acceptable bursts: sunburst, mm. silverburst, and tiger. That's it. Outside of those oh, things, that's uh, hard boiled in um, <laughs> mushroom burst. <laughs> oh god! But yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It's very interesting, and I'm sure, no doubt, a divisive, um, a divisive uh, guitar this year but they were absolutely everywhere fair play for doing it um be good to get our hands on one and, and see what they're like yes absolutely i'll see what we can do now dear listener we are coming towards the end of this week's new for nam 2024 part two episode of the guitar nerds podcast matt and i are going to be continuing over on patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds we're going to try and discuss the new jack white stuff he's they, they've had like a, a fuzz that you can build and a donna multi-effects pedal which is probably the maddest thing that's happened at nam we're going to be talking about the epiphone dave Grohl. we're going to be talking about Maybe the Positive Grid Spot Live. I think that's a very cool product. And I, I mm. posted some stuff about that on Guitar Nerds. And it was interesting to get people's feedback. So we'll uh, we'll kind of, uh, we'll talk about those things over on Patreon. Do join us, dear listener. You can for, you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. The bonus episode comes in at the $5 tier. But do check it out, patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. Before we go... I'm going to thank all of our top tier, our $10 tier Patreon listeners, because they're absolutely wonderful. They're the reason that Matt and I continue to be able to do this and have been able to do this for 11 Indeed. years now. So Indeed. Uh, so uh, thank you very much to Nicholas Strom, to Rocket, Rob Patterson, to Phil Sadler, Marcus Deluxe, Suresh, Dorsonic Pickups, Rob Witherden, uh, Chris Franklin, Anton Fryant, Barry Gresbick, Steve Davis, John Conaway, Russell Healing, Yogi the Guitarist, Ty Allen, Kyle Harris, Sean Hughes, Andy Hoffler, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Dan Pilver, Brian Einsler, Dylan Griffiths, Mark Hizal Kadawaki, Eric File, Peter Pesce, Andy Manley, Joe Puttick, Blake Wyland, Phil Radomski, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Wharton, James Dorr, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Loseth, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, JD Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Rob Nordvik, Scott O'Brien, and of course, Moog Gravit. Now, um, next week, next week, uh, you're not with us, Matt. I'm going to have JD Short. I, I don't know why he still pays for Patreon when he's literally one of the hosts now. Oh, you know, got to pay his way, isn't he? <laughs> so <laughs> that's the only reason I let him on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Give us but, the uh, money. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, uh, JD's going to be back on the podcast. Me and JD have been working on some stuff recently, on some like uh, so, uh, a bit more deep divey demo stuff. Um, I think next week we're just going to be talking about a lot of the NAM stuff. Obviously, I got an Earthquake Devices Blooms recently, and I kind of wanted to wait to have a, a base enthusiast on the podcast to talk about that. Um, so we'll be discussing that next week, uh, along with, um, you know, JD's been really helping me on my hunt for, I'm 40 this year, dear listener. So I've been hunting for the ultimate 40th birthday present. JD's been helping me with that. So probably going to talk a little bit about that. But um, uh, but yes, Matt, are you back uh, the week after? Or have you got two weeks off? I can't remember. I think I've got two weeks. Right, two off. weeks off. But we're recording the week after next, but that won't come out for another three weeks. That's true. Well, I will look forward to seeing if in that time you managed to get any of your guitar gear into your house. Oh, so it's, you uh, it's, it's all, it's all going to happen, Joe. It's all going to happen. I've got loads of stuff happening, uh, at work and at home, but it's going to happen. I've already started. You can't really see it behind me, even if I turn, no, turn around for listeners, but I have got my amp out. I have got a guitar rack out. I have oh. got space for the pedal board. My pedal board takes up basically the whole room. I'm in a tiny box room. <laughs> Um, but it's all going to be worth it because I can make as much noise as I want. So Wonderful. there we go. That sounds great. Happy okay. days. Happy days indeed. Well, dear listener, we'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.